Welcome to the Media Cat Magazine podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Pigger, editor at the magazine. Uh, and for today's pod, I've got two clever people, which will hopefully talk about a great many clever things. First is Jay Richards, co-founder of Gen Z uh, consultancy, uh, Imagine Insights and LinkedIn uh, top voice of 2022. Second, uh, I've got uh, Jamie Oyabode, Insight Manager at Sky Labs, uh, Sky's internal innovation area. Uh, Jamie's also co-founder of the Solstice Collective, a purpose-driven events company which uses events for good. Uh, welcome to both of you. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here, dude. Yeah, really happy to be here. Looking forward to this. So just to uh, set the scene, Jay's coming to us from an airport. So in case we hear weird noises, baggage or anything random, uh, that's what that is. Jamie's in a nice little booth. So so hopefully, well, hopefully you won't be dragged out of the booth. I don't know. But um, yeah, first off, I just want to say congratulations, Jay, for uh, becoming a LinkedIn top voice. Uh, I want to know how it feels. Has the power gone to your head? Do they send you a badge? <laughs> yeah, the power goes in my head, mate. I just walk around the street and say, do you know that I'm a LinkedIn top voice? Or if people talk to me, I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm a LinkedIn, no. And um, that everything's fine. Um, it, it was good. I was surprised. I had no idea. Because um, it's not like a nomination type thing. You just get selected, which is cool. But yes, wonderful. Not much has changed, if I'm honest. I just keep posting on LinkedIn every day. But yeah, no, it's good. I'm, I'm glad to be chosen. Yeah, grateful for it, for sure. So, um, well, that's good. You know, I mean, as long as the power hasn't gone to your head with it all, I mean, you just wander around. Do you know that I'm a LinkedIn top voice? Um, but uh, I, I thought we could start at the start. So, um, Jay, can you explain what uh, what your consultancy does and, and kind of what dis, uh, sparked the decision to co-found the company sort of almost three years ago now? Yeah. So um, Imagine Insights, we are a platform. So we enable brands like Amazon Prime Video, Google, Unilever, et cetera, to crowdsource qualitative and quantitative insight from our Gen Z community. So we have a community of over 25,000 Gen Z in 111 countries, and we're able to gain insight from them within 72 hours. So we're about 14 times quicker than the industry standards. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and we started it literally because a client came to us with a pain point. I was running a startup incubator. Um, and while I was running that incubator, um, I was asked to speak at Facebook. And when I spoke there, the head of retail from the NFL was there. And she heard me speaking about what I was doing with these young people. And she was like, hey, I heard you've got a network of young people. Could they help us to create a marketing campaign? And, and her core issue that she was facing was she couldn't get qualitative insight at scale. So I realized that maybe we had something to latch onto. Then Kat and I met. Um, we came up with some ideas what we thought the business could be. And then, yeah, we are where we are right now. Good stuff. So uh, let's let's move on to Jamie. Jamie, you were a consultant at Deloitte uh, a few years ago, if your your LinkedIn is uh, is is accurate. And um I just want to find out what led you to to the decision to kind of co-found your events company because that feels kind of quite a change from the consultancy world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, I'd love to just say that I'd love to say that Deloitte Digital was uh, inspiration for starting a music festival, but unfortunately, uh, it wasn't. Although some of the people I met at Deloitte Digital have been integral in helping it helping it grow since its founding. I, I've always loved music. I worked in the music industry before I worked at, at Deloitte. I worked at Spotify and Sony, um, and actually. Yeah, the in inspiration came even really before, after Sony, I should say, before I started at Deloitte. My brother, uh, who I've co-founded it with, one of my best friends, Max Haycott, we're all on holiday together in Cornwall. Um, we were lamenting about the fact that we wanted to continue to raise money for the RNLI. Uh, it's a charity that's very dear to my heart. In 2012, my brother was very sadly involved in a boat accident where one of his friends was killed. And the RNLI were incredible in helping my brother plus this boy's dad and another friend off the boat and being rescued uh, so continuing to raise money and awareness uh, for that charity has always sat at the core of solstice's mission our other charities young minds 
And Young Minds was chosen because of the importance we realised of mental health in young people. My brother is obviously a victim of trauma, but for many people, particularly in young children and young adolescents, mental health is something that they struggle with for very unknown reasons. I'm a huge and have been as part of that stat since I was 17, so almost 10 years now. And often when I felt very low, music and those around me have been a massive part of making me feel better. So again, that's the root of solstice, using the arts and a community of people that attend our events for good. And today we're a two-stage weekend festival that challenges, sort of looks to champion grassroots talent in the UK, primarily from uh, BAME and diverse backgrounds. And we have an offering of events in London as well and an online platform, but our festival is our central offering. Sounds good. As a slight tangent, uh, I just want to say, I guess you were probably pretty annoyed when there was the, uh, the the news around, you know, people trying to stop lifeboats, stop the RNLI heading out to to save people. I can imagine that out of anyone that would have annoyed you the most. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I will always sing their praises because what I can't really get my head around is that what they did for my brother, they do that 400 times a year. Um, and sometimes there is tragedy involved. Um, but sometimes they're saving people who have just paddled out too far on a on a paddleboard in Cornwall and are really, really scared. And the sort of idea that those people couldn't be on hand to help is is pretty pretty nuts. So we will be flying the flag for them uh, for as long as we exist as a music festival. Sounds good. And then uh, a slight t- tangent again, I guess. And, and then you uh, and then you join Sky Labs. Um, yeah. Feels like a roll yeah. of the dice with each kind of thing. What am I going to do now? I'm going to go join Sky Labs. I mean, how did what's your role there, and how, how did that come about? Yeah. So I mean, you know, the, the festival is something that very much exists outside my day job at the moment with my brother. Uh, my when I was at Deloitte, I, I worked in product and UX uh, for for five years. And I just decided that I wanted to go and work in industry. I loved the media world. I loved the tech world my whole life. Uh, so I joined our Skies and Talent Innovation Function. And we are responsible for broadly seeding a culture of innovation across Sky as an org. Day to day, our work is made up of helping teams and departments either reinvent existing products and services or come up with new ones. So our work is like, really quite broad. I could be working on anything from uh, the future of sports fandom to what are the implications of the metaverse when it arrives for Sky right through to broadband install failures. So really a bit of everything. And within my team, my role is Insight, which is really uh, why I intersected with Jay. Uh, so we're, my team is responsible for understanding human needs quickly uh, on any given topic or project. And that's really our USP. Uh, you know, Within Sky, we work very fast, sometimes overnight to deliver these uh, these insights. Well, that, that was going to be my next question, actually, of how you, how you two guys know each other. So you, you work together on Sky stuff or other stuff? I mean, I met Jay through through some work I'm doing at Sky, uh, but I actually I actually heard Jay speak for the first time uh, way before I joined Sky at a talk at Shoreditch House. He was doing on Gen Z, and I remember at the time thinking, "Well, this guy's this guy's cool, and he knows his shit." So known him for a lot longer than I've actually worked with him. I'll take that compliment, Jamie. I'll take that thing. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. We I remember Jamie actually from the event. And and so yeah, we work with the larger Sky team, but we also work with Sky Labs as well. So it's great client. Jamie's really easy to deal with, which is wonderful. Um, so it makes my life a lot easier, which is great. So well, that's good. Uh, so I guess uh, I want to kind of get into the topic of what we're that I brought you guys together for today, which the theme of the magazine that we got in June is uh, The Simple Life. Uh, so has uh, COVID forced us to rediscover joy and simplicity in our sense of self? I wanted to ask, you know, on a personal level, is this the case for you guys? Um, does that translate into business as well? How, how does it work? I definitely think from my perspective, COVID made everybody realize that 
you because really what we're doing is we're enabling brands because quantitative insight has been done at scale for eons um, and a challenge for a lot of brands is, is getting really in-depth qualitative insight at scale they went they haven't been able to do it so you you have to lean on focus groups with the most costly costly had a list of me then costly and time consuming so what we do is we enable them to do that type of insight at scale and because we were able enable them to do that pandemic was great for us because a lot of them couldn't do focus groups so they were just like what other options are out there so a lot of them came and found us which is great so it's yeah it was really really good for us for sure i can, I can only echo that to be honest i think here here at sky it's been a lot easier i think to try and get uh, teams to turn the dial in the way they work since coming back from covid and i'd love to say that is a symptom of a wider pursuit of hedonism and not overthinking things as much that i think certainly exists uh, in in younger people but uh we've done some really cool stuff since i mean i've only been here about 10 months but before my time as well my team has been involved in some really interesting things that so have really helped to turn that dial of innovation within skype and getting them to really think about customer needs first and business challenges after that how do you how do you guys see it uh on, on the sort of gen z front in terms of the, the simple life or the joy in joy in simplicity you know beyond things like the great resignation which i guess applies to a lot of age groups you know of, of gen z or or younger people been rediscovering the joy in simple things any any sort of thoughts there yeah yeah definitely i think one, one thing that we've seen from looking at our data is a lot of our community is saying hey coming out of the pandemic i just want to hang out with my friends i want to go to experiences i want to go to festivals do all of these things that are like rites of passage for previous generations these guys haven't been able to do so there's definitely a simplicity in them going streamlining the different options they're going hey i just want to hang out with my friends go travel um, and, and experience things which is great because it means that they they know what they're saving for also on the other side of things it means they're not saving for um for cars or for houses or whatever but it's great to, to help them streamline on, on their on what they actually want to do you kind of seeing anything like that at sky jamie i mean like obviously working with technology the more complicated the technology is, then like the harder it is, I guess, for people to ad- adopt it. So it's all about kind of creating like simple things that address like needs, you know, making making people's lives simpler, right? Like um, the way that uh, Apple did with an iPod, I suppose, right? Do you guys get involved in that sort of thing? Working out how to simplify stuff? Completely. I mean, I think it, it, there is an uncanny resem- uh, sort of, you know, um, resemblance, wrong word, uh, relation, I suppose, between... Uh, the number of projects we do and the number of propositions we come up with that actually were the most simple answer. But often getting there, you have to go on that intellectual journey of understanding why that might be the case so you can put it out there in the right way. Certainly for content and content consumption and the way that uh, platforms are changing at the moment with Gen Z, that's a massive thing for us. You know, Everyone knows that platforms like TikTok and Snap are, are, are huge and so our larger conceptual ideas like the metaverse when it's going to arrive and there's a big thing around what does that yeah what does that mean for sky and what consequences does that have going forward uh those are the sort of things that we will be picking apart each day so i was reading that you guys are sort of moving towards becoming more of a like a, an aggregator of services than maybe a, a studio or a streamer or a broadcaster is that true and like uh you know it, it kind of makes sense in that sort of direction to go for like uh you know, we're ending up with more and more streamers these days and people are probably going a bit nuts with it, <laughs> trying to work out what to do. I mean, I think we're all aware of the the choice proliferation that consumers face on a daily basis when they're trying to find something to watch, right? When I was at Deloitte, I did a piece of research with the then global head of TMT Research at Deloitte called Paul Lee, and it was looking at subscriptions and the changing model of the fact that people were spending smaller sums of money on a larger number of subscriptions. And that was in 2020, right? 
but our research told us that you could have up to eight account subscriptions at any given time. That's a lot of apps to open to find out what you want to watch. And that's a lot of apps individually have to search stuff in. Uh, so definitely the idea of an aggregator uh, is something that solves a big consumer need. Is there anything also to do with like, not just aggregating the services themselves, but kind of curating the content within those services? You know, in the way, I, I don't know if this is what, if you guys get involved in any of this, but I was just thinking about the kind of uh, paralysis of choice with, you know, you go on Netflix or whatever, and you almost spend about an hour looking for a thing to watch because you have so much choice hmm. and uh, and you get a bit stuck. I know obviously all these services have playlists that they cur- curate themselves based on your sort of uh, behaviors and things like that. But I wondered if we're ever moving into more of this space where, I don't know, services like Sky or whoever um, are going to start much more curating and drilling down into kind of what people want. Possibly. I mean, I think, well, all of the big TV firms, all of the big broadcasters, OTT streaming platforms are doing everything they can to use data to improve experience and recommendations. It's a really hard nut to crack. I think what I probably would say is that there is still a lot to be said for primetime viewing times. Uh, You know, people like to watch TV at X time in their weekday X time on their Saturday and Sunday evenings. And that takes away a lot of choice because actually there are still certain, you know, providers and channels that have dominance over primetime viewings. So that often can solve the problem, but uh, it's not the golden bullet, clearly. I was wondering, just a random question, really, that I don't really watch particularly terrestrial TV anymore. Like I only ever watch stuff on streaming platforms. But when I go home and see the family and see the parents, they always have normal TV on. I wondered, are you guys seeing certain sort of trends or behaviours in that regard, or am I just some weird outlier? No, you're definitely <laughs> not at all. I don't think you are. Jay, I'll let you take this one. I'm sure you've got just as much to add on the younger generation. <laughs> yeah, for real. I definitely, when we look at our data, we see that, yeah, Gen Z are more likely to use OTC than they are to watch traditional TV. Simply for that, it's like what you, Jamie, was saying a second ago, just choice. There's so much more choice. It's much easier to access, and you're not being dictated to. I think that's actually only going to increase. But if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put my my future future casting hat on, I would say that there's going to be a couple of providers. I think a lot of the big ones that we're seeing right now are going to disappear, and there'll be a couple of really large ones. Um, I won't name them, um, but a couple of really large ones that will that will exist in the future. And I think a lot of folks are going to drop off because the the choice that everybody has just means that less people are going to be using their services. So um, yeah, I definitely think, I definitely think it's, it's a really interesting point. And definitely with the older generation, more likely to watch <clears throat> traditional TV. Um, but still, even a lot of the older generation moving over to OTT as well, especially because it's in your TV now. It's baked into your TV. You don't actually have to just watch traditional. Like on my Samsung, I have all the different apps I can use for sure. So it definitely makes sense. I was wondering if there's any, uh, I, I just suddenly start thinking of the fate of Channel 4. Uh, God knows what's going to happen with that, because obviously they've got a streaming service and they're kind of a studio as well. Have you guys, uh, I mean, you, I don't know, either of you really ha- touched on this much in, in terms of musing what might happen? So from a, from a Sky perspective, no, I think it's certainly not entered my sphere of influence, although it may not be the case for other other teams we are big org as jay knows on a personal level i think we only need to look at their success in the uh baftas recently to know how important they are to the standards that we set in the uk and globally for television so i really hope that it the right thing happens because they are really important and they've written some fantastic shows over the years 
I 100% agree with Jamie. Everything Jamie just said is gold. Yeah, and it's great. When and when you start delving into their back catalogue or like actually looking at what they've they've done, I, I really I really do hope something good comes out of whatever is happening with them. But yeah, I was just curious if you guys had touched on it. I I, I want to um briefly move on to uh to music, keep, keeping on theme of the joy and simplicity in that. And I want to find out does music play even more of a vital role for for Gen Z these days? Thinking on the pandemic, um, you know, stuff around escapism and re- and, and realism. I know in terms of Whenever humans are faced with a crisis, we either kind of respond to it by getting really real, or we uh, go into the world of escapism and fantasy, you know, through TV or movies or, or books. Um, but but yeah, particularly music. I kind of, you know, both of you two, I guess, ha- are involved in in music in to one degree or another. I just wonder what your thoughts are there. You know, is uh, is uh, music playing more of a vital role than ever these days, or is it is it much the same? I definitely think there's an ease there's an ease of access. So platforms like Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music just make it so much easier to get access to music that for Gen Z, that's all they're used to. They're not used to having to listen to the radio and specifically time it to get a song recorded on your cassette. They're used to having this simple ease of access. So for those guys, I definitely know that during the pandemic, a lot of them increased their to, to a um, Spotify premium account because they were listening to music so much more. So when we look at our data, we know that's only going to continue because once you go to Spotify Premium, you're not going backwards. Do you know what I mean? So it's definitely a, a an increase has come simply because of the fact it's so easy to access these things now that for this for this um, demographic, for this community, they're going, you know what? We're just going to lean into that even more and listen to even more music. Um, and I think one of the key things we've actually seen is that they're listening to different types of music because a lot of them gave an opportunity to actually explore different genres that they may not have explored before so we look at our data specifically in our latest report a lot of our community are trying things that they've never tried before whether that's music films movies um tv shows whatever it may be they're trying different things because they go hey i've got all this time why not which is which is really really cool I suppose. do you think that there's a certain element of platforms like tiktok kind of playing into that you know, you've got all the, the in the last couple of years, the rise of kind of micro communities on TikTok of, uh, and then if you stumble on one that's, I don't know, niche music or something, um, you're suddenly discovering all these things. I'm just thinking of, um, you know, the rise of Kate Bush uh, with uh, running up that hill, uh, Stranger Things uh, coming back into play, 80s stuff like that, that, that perhaps would have not, I mean, admittedly, that's from a TV show uh, on, on on Netflix, but just this kind of thing of things rising up from the past through uh, people sharing them these days. It feels, especially on places like TikTok, maybe more prevalent than ever. Are, are you guys finding that? I think, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. Well, we're clearly about to say the same thing. I mean, from a from an electronic music perspective, which is a big focus for me personally, but also for Solstice, yeah, there are communities online made up of hundreds of thousands of people uh, who will help you identify songs that at gigs that you can't find through apps like Shazam. Um, and yeah, I, I'm part of Discord servers where you discover new music and you post songs and people reply and tell you what it is. Uh, so uh, absolutely, new tech is helping bring out almost like crowdsourced uh, information in that sense, uh, which is really cool and often quicker uh, than, you know, like searching through discogs or band camp for hours trying to find out what song it was you were listening to at the weekend yeah that makes sense i wanted to touch on one of the other parts of the the theme because i know we're kind of running slightly out of time but one of the parts of the monthly theme is is kind of discovering one's uh, sense of self you know during the last few years I, I wondered if you guys are seeing that in terms of music and tv you know various artists and figures of note are they 
becoming more authentic and more true to who they are or um you know and, and are people responding to that are gen z responding to some you know it's various celebrities you might say that are perhaps coming out and saying different certain things that perhaps feel a lot more authentic than in the past yeah definitely i think the platforms like tiktok and and, and reddit and discord and they're 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 almost the antithesis of what instagram was so for a lot of these celebrities a lot of these artists they're able to say actually you know what um this is who i really am if you look on tiktok like doja cat is a perfect example of this doja cat is herself on on tiktok she's not trying to be any kind of polished version of herself she's exactly who she wants to be and i think gen z love that they lean into that and and they engage with it so much more and i think the the more we see of that the more and even older celebrities you see older celebrities that weren't like they haven't been haven't been in the public eye quote unquote for a long period of time um, and Gen Z love them just because they they have made content on TikTok and other platforms that seem super authentic and super easy to engage with. So I definitely think those platforms are really, especially over the pandemic, have really increased that. Yeah, I'm all about uh, Jack Blacks and uh, and um, uh, somebody the other day. Oh yeah, Statham on uh, TikTok is pretty amusing. <laughs> he just talks about normal stuff, but in his Statham voice, and it's amazing. Um, yeah, I love it. Wondered what you guys have any uh, sort of. I know we're wrapping up soon, but the kind of final thoughts around how brands are sort of uh, helping or kind of hindering this process of you know uh, this process of kind of authenticity and finding oneself. I know they're obviously like trying to maybe shape culture into some degree, um, and, and then others others uh, perhaps sort of try and wade in on conversations and just don't do it in the right way. Uh, have you guys seen any interesting examples other than? Um, I was thinking of uh, I don't know if it was last year the uh, uh, ocean spray you know with the where there was the guy skating to work or whatever and that obviously blew up and then they sent him an ocean spray van and stuff but they were kind of riding the wave of that. I just wondered if you tend to see it the other way where where brands are trying to create that movement. You know, is it, is it, it's essentially a bit like the whole um, how can we go viral thing. I think the good brands are leaning into it. They're going, you know what? Actually, we're gonna. In the start of the question, you said about being authentic. A lot of brands are going, okay, this is like, like say, for example, Duolingo. They just handed over the account to like an intern and they were just like, go crazy. And she just generally is just like doing content that no brand before Duolingo would have done on TikTok at all because it breaks all the brand guidelines. But she just lent into it, did it. And, and now people are seeing that it works. A lot of brands are trying it as well. I even came across one of the modeling agencies yesterday. I can't remember which one it was. And they were like, the, the, the young lady that's running their TikTok was just like super, just like, she's hilarious. And I was just, well, I was like, I would never consider modeling. But I was like, how can I come to one of these like freaking runway things so I can so I can try and become a model? Because it was so sick. Like I was just leaning, loving what she was doing. I definitely think brands that are leaning in and saying, actually, you know what? We're going to create stuff that people want to see, the behind the scenes stuff and actual content that people, people care about instead of it being like these polished examples of things. I definitely think Gen Z are engaging with it more. So yeah, you're seeing you're seeing a massive rise in it from 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 the from the good brands, and then yeah, the other ones are just going to drop off. If I'm honest, but we're going to see we're going to see if how many people how many more brands are excited to break through their guidelines. I, I don't know. It sometimes feels like TikTok's a bit of the wild west of uh, social media at the moment. It's like uh, you kind of do what you want, and I, I wonder if it will settle down. But I kind of due to the nature of what it is, I don't think it necessarily will do. Jamie, what are your thoughts? You you get involved in TikTok much? Not that it's all about TikTok, but you know. Uh-huh. So. Is it, uh, do you know, I mean, on a personal level, I'll come across the odd uh, like TikToker who I think is really, really funny and I really like, but I wouldn't say that I'm a massive TikTok head per se, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't learn about it. And I think it's there's a, there's a big difference between brands who 
are so apprehensive they won't do anything and brands are apprehensive that really really eager to learn and i think sky is a fantastic example of an organization that is recognizing that they want and need to learn uh you know we've got imagine coming in sometime in july to basically run a whole day of gen z workshops um with people from his community so we as sky can go look like let's talk to you guys directly and understand what you think why you think that so we can learn and, and and get better and serve you guys better and i just think that's just you know it's what we in our innovation team advocate for massively is you start with the human needs start with customers it's really great to see sky doing stuff like that and i think that would probably be my advice to anyone who is apprehensive is don't don't be apprehensive and then walk the other way learn and engage uh, because as i said when jay and i were last speaking together on something like this no one in gen z wants to have a fight they just want to talk and engage yeah and that, if that you ma- want to do that quickly you can do that with imagine internet jokes um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he ain't joking that you actually can do it really quickly with imagine insights <laughs> <laughs> love that bro i figured we, we could just wrap up with perhaps uh final thoughts around around kind of the joy of simplicity whether it's personal professional sort of anything that you guys might want to might want to add before we finish yeah, man. Um, I think personally for me, simplicity is just the, the ability just to enjoy what you're doing in that moment. And I think as long as we enjoy what we're doing in that moment, whether it's as a brand or as a human being, then, then we're winning a life and life stays simple. Sounds yeah. good. Jamie? I can only agree with that. I mean, I think for me on a personal level, it's really taught me to not overthink things, go with your gut and don't be scared of the fact that your gut sometimes is wrong. Just make a different decision next time. Yeah, the, the opportunity to, to, to change your mind, I think, yeah. uh, learn and change. Um, cool. Well, um, awesome, awesome chat. And I just want to say, uh, you know, thank you both so much for uh, for coming on the uh, Media Cat Magazine podcast. Thanks for having me, mate. Speak to you soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, mate.